Hi, everyone, and welcome to our wellness podcast. Uh, this podcast is a collaboration between two offices on FNM's campus that work around mental health and wellness. So the two offices are FNM's Dip Cares and WeVP, which stands for Wellness Education and Violence Prevention. We are going to be discussing a lot of topics by request um, so we can tackle things that are interesting and relevant to everyone in the FNM community. And we will be talking about some difficult topics related to health and wellness on campus. So I'm Catherine Warner. I'm the director of WeVP. And today I'm joined by Susan Knoll. Sure, I am Susan Knoll and I am the care coordinator here at Franklin and Marshall College. Hi, Susan. Hi, Catherine. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Not too bad. I feel like the summer has gone by extremely fast. I can't believe it's August already. Likewise, I agree with you. I can't believe that we're back on campus already. Yeah. But I am excited for this podcast. Yeah, how are you feeling about doing our first podcast together? I'm really excited because I feel like it's going to be a good opportunity for a lot of students to access information in a way that's hopefully easy um, and easy to understand and relatable. How about you? Yeah, I'm super excited. I feel like there's so much to talk about um, and to learn. And I feel like I'm constantly learning more about health and wellness and, and all of the things, things are changing. So I'm just excited to get to talk to you and, and people that we invite more about these things because they're super relevant. Yeah, I think that um, as we continue to do this, when we were thinking about this podcast, I started creating like a list of possible topics and I was, it was crazy how many topics relate to health and wellness from just different viewpoints and different standpoints and identities. So I think we'll have a lot to talk about this year. Yeah. And, and I feel like there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of good information out there, but you know, f and is a, it's, its own place. So it's kind of cool to be to have a place to talk about what is particularly relevant in our culture, on our campus. I, I just feel like there's a lot there. So, so yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, do you want to go ahead and talk about what our topic is today for our first podcast episode? Sure. So we, you and I talked back in, I think it was May about you know, this podcast and what, how we wanted to start it off. And logically, we decided that we wanted to extend a welcome to our first years uh, who are going to be on our campus in just a couple of weeks. And we wanted them to have information because, um, so I run the DIP Cares program, which is a, a care team on our campus that responds to needs and concerns of students who are struggling. And something I've noticed is that overwhelmingly our referrals are about first years. Um, and that makes sense because your first year is an incredible time of transition um, from wherever you were before to the campus and to the setting. And there's just so many things happening. And so when we talked about what we wanted to start with, I thought, you know, and we thought that first years would be a logical uh, first step. And so I'm excited for our guest today who will kind of be able to talk about their experience with this health and wellness during your first year on campus. Um, I don't know about you, Catherine, but I do remember my first year at college and it was definitely a, a really great experience, but there were definitely some challenges too. Um, do you have anything that comes to mind when you think about your first year of, of college and kind of how it relates to your health and your wellness and your mental health and all of it? Yeah, I think that that was one of the reasons that we wanted to choose this topic for first year students and that transition because when looking back to my first year of college, there's a lot of exciting things happening, but it's also is a really stressful time and for me I was I really struggled for the first semester of just getting used to not being with my high school friends and not really knowing exactly how to make friends and thinking and just being in a new academic environment. So, so it was hard for me, even though I, I, I ended up kind of getting through it. I felt like people weren't really talking about the hard part. Everybody was sort of having fun and saying, you know, this is, 
this is great. Um, so I felt kind of alone. And, and I think that with COVID and with the pandemic happening, there adds another element of stress to an already stressful experience. So, you know, yeah, I really just wanted to normalize, you know, it's normal that this is a hard time and, and not everybody struggles, but I think a lot of people struggle during transitions. And I know I really did and would have liked a space to, to know that other people were, were struggling too. Yeah, I think you're touching upon this issue of alone, being alone. And I've definitely felt that too when I was um, a first year at college. And I don't know about you, but I was pretty far away from my family. I, I was about eight hours away, which to me was a lot at that time because I had never been away from them. I was also in a really remote part of the country, um, up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. <laughs> and so it was incredibly isolating. Um, and I already kind of struggled with anxiety and depression um, anyway. So I think just being away from your social support and being isolated, kind of like around, like we feel right now in this time of COVID and the pandemic, um, it can be really overwhelming. And I think you touched upon that, that feeling of being alone. And, and so hopefully with this podcast and this discussion that we happen, we have today, like students will know that they're not alone and there is support and what they're going through is something experienced by a lot of people and it's normal. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. Cause, cause part of how you sort of deal, or at least part of how I deal with, with loneliness or feeling alone is just realizing how many people are sharing some of those feelings. So, you know, if you're a first year student, um, and you're in a room with 20 people and you're feeling kind of stressed and alone, there's probably like at least 10 people feeling the same way, even if they're not showing it, even if you don't see it. So, so I, I think that, that kind of bringing some of that to light is um, so important. Um, yeah, it, it's just really important. And I guess before we introduce, I'm, I am also really excited. We have a, an exciting guest with us today. Um, but before we introduce our guest, is there anything else, Susan, that you think that we should say or talk about just in terms of our own experiences or advice to coping with, with that transition to becoming a student at FNM? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important for our incoming students to realize that we're, we're, as a campus, we're really making this switch together to prioritizing our health and wellness to be honest, um, I have only been here for a couple of years, but I think that we've had a really big emphasis on our academic person, like our the part of ourself that is academic. And of course, that's why we're here. That's really important. But it seems like the other parts of ourself, like our social piece and our spiritual piece and our emotional mental pieces weren't pri prioritized. And so I think as a campus, we're trying to make an effort to look at a holistic, take a holistic view to these aspects of wellness. Um, so we're, we're trying to shift that a little bit. Um, and also just like knowing that it's like you and I have already said, it's just really normal to have times when you're doing really well. And then it's also normal to feel really stressed and overwhelmed and maybe like you need some help. So um, just that those things are normal. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that was one of the, the last things I was going to add too, which is on top of that being normal, that if you, just knowing that you can ask for help and that there is help, we're, we're going to go through the list of resources at the end of this podcast, and we'll also put it in the description of resources on campus. But I think the main thing is that, you know, I talked a little bit about how I struggled as a first year college student when I was in college. And I really didn't ask for help. And I think if I could go back, that would be the one thing that I would change was just to be a little more brave and open with, with the fact that I was struggling to the people around me. Because um, there is there are resources out there and there's a lot of people um, who, who are, are there to support some of these transitions. Um, so yeah, that, that's something that I would recommend. Cool. So
So I think that we'll just go ahead and introduce our guests today. So obviously Susan and I are staff members at FNM and we we think a lot about health and wellness, but we're not students. So we thought it was really important to bring in uh, a student perspective and hear a little bit about that transition um, from high school to college from someone who, who just went through it. So we're really so excited to be joined by Rachel Rubens, who is a incoming sophomore. Hi, Rachel, how are you doing? Hi guys, I'm good, how are you? I'm excellent. Um, so, so Rachel, thank you so much. And I just, I guess we'll just jump right in. And I just wanted to hear a little bit about how freshman year was for you. You just finished up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how did it go? Yeah. Um, well, honestly, um, at first, um, going into freshman year this year was terrifying because it was after months of being in isolation and lockdown. Um, and all of a sudden we were thrown into a college house filled with people we've never met before. Um, so I genuinely had no idea what to expect. Um, but with that said, I was definitely glad that I um, wrote to some of the other students over text message and social media, and I made those connections virtually, and that made the experience in quarantine and then after um, so much better. So I definitely feel very lucky with how it ended up, um, even though it was scary at first. No, I was just wondering if you could clarify just for people who are listening, like what your living situation was, because we had people all over last year at home yeah. on campus. What was your particular situation? Yeah. So I was lucky enough to be able to be on campus. I was in Bonchek College House. Um, I was in a double room, but it was just me. Um, so I just had a second bed. Um, and I was, I felt very lucky that I was able to be on campus but it definitely at first when we were in quarantine and um just under lockdown occasionally it would definitely be a bit lonely um and I kind of sometimes I um I forgot what I was gonna say <laughs> I was curious to know like were you okay with having the room to yourself or did that make you nervous or were you excited to have the room to yourself Okay, so at first I was obviously disappointed because I really wanted a roommate. I always wanted that experience, but having the room to myself was not the worst thing in the world. Um, it was the one place you could take off your mask, and um, it was a place where, because we had classes online a lot or Zoom meetings, I didn't have to worry about bothering my roommate, um, and I think that was definitely very nice. I could nap whenever I wanted. It, I got a lot more freedom that way. Um, but it definitely was lonely at times if during quarantine, when we were in quarantine of some kind, that would definitely could get lonely. So a lot of times my friends and I would have um, Zoom dinners where we would get a Zoom call and eat dinners all from our dorm rooms, but kind of like we're together. That would happen a lot. <laughs> Rachel, I really liked how you were talking about that you reached out to people beforehand and that seemed to be helpful. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah. I think sometimes like reaching out that first sort of thing is, is awkward and kind of hard. So I wonder, was yeah. that hard for you? How did you navigate kind of getting up the the courage to, to reach out to people you didn't know at all? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I know, so our class had a big group me um, so I never really talked in that because that was too many people that freaked me out. But, um, if there was somebody in the group me who was talking about something I found interesting or was in a class I was going to be in, I would, um, DM them and just be like, Hey, um, I'm really excited for the school year to start. Like I'm going to be in your class, stuff like that. Um, I even made one of my closest friends because, we were supposed to be um, neighbors, neighboring dorm rooms that ended up getting switched, but she just texted me and said, hey, I think we're supposed to be neighbors. That's so exciting. And then now she was one of my closest college friends that I made. So um, I also was able to meet a lot of people through um, um, 
club meetings that would happen or just group organization meetings. So I met a lot of people through the Hillel, even though before school started, we had um, like some Zoom meetings. So um, I would follow them on Instagram and reach out and just kind of make that connection. It was definitely scary and really did put me and a lot of my friends out of their comfort zone. Um, I think a lot of the time, um, most a lot of friendships, like you don't want to be the one who reaches out in a DM to someone you don't know. But everyone is so itching to make friends that everyone will be so excited that you DM them. They will feel so special. And um, I think it's also just a good way to get college out of your comfort zone and to become um, more confident. And I don't, I think that it made um, my college experience so much easier because after quarantine, I would say, hey, do you want to go for a walk? Or, hey, let's go to the dining hall. Like, um, so but definitely it, it can be nerve wracking at first, but I promise you, everyone else is just as nervous as you are. I like this idea too, that you're talking about, or someone reached out to you because as a person, like I'm also not like an initiator a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a similar experience in my first year of college where there, we were there over Labor Day weekend and a lot of people had left to go home. And because I was so far away, I was stuck on campus and there was another student who was stuck on campus and she actually took the initiative and just saw me walking across the parking lot and was like, do you want to go for a bike ride? And I was like, why is this person asking me if I want to go for a bike ride? I don't even know who you are, but I was so lonely that I just wanted a human connection. Um, and she ended up being one of my best friends to this day. Like we spent Aww. the entire weekend together. So I think um, even if you're not an initiator yourself, it's really important. Like you are saying this person DM'd you and was like, hey, you know, let's have, you know, to, to accept those, like resist the urge, right? To like yeah. close into yourself and to not leave. That's great. Um, what about, so if you had to identify like some of the emotions that you had at the beginning of the year, yeah. like input words to those emotions, what were, what were some of the primary things that you were feeling upon your first couple of weeks on campus? Um, I think my first couple of weeks because we had to get tested and then we had to quarantine and I felt, um, a bit lonely, I think, because I had the people I was messaging. I never met them in person. So it was kind of just texting on a phone. So I kind of felt very lonely. And a lot of my other friends at colleges, they didn't take COVID as seriously. So they were out doing things. And I was just um, in my room in quarantine. I knew it was the safe thing to do, but I was just so ready to have the college experience. And I could see it outside of my window. Um, and I could see just so many things waiting to happen. And I was just in my room waiting by myself. Um, so I definitely think I was a bit lonely, but it also, then that gave me kind of the, um, drive when we got out of quarantine to kind of get going, join all the things, talk to everybody. Um, and it really gave me the extra oomph I needed to, um, let my life begin. So that was definitely my experience at first, but I was, I think, although I was sad in my room, I was so excited to be there and be on campus. Um, I felt very lucky that I was able to go. Um, and so I kind of had to struggle with that. I had to keep reminding myself that this is like the start of a great opportunity. So um, it was a lot of dealing with a lot of mixed emotions. Um, but then after quarantine, I really was obviously nervous meeting people for the first time in person is always a little bit weird or awkward, but, um, I think because everyone felt that way, it was so nice just being able to talk to people who've gone, who are going through similar experiences. Like we all are struggling with being scared of COVID and we're all struggling with our classes and we're all struggling with just adjusting to college. So it really made it, um, I don't know, it just made um, me feel very reassured. Um, and I think it was a great way to like make um, connections with people because we all kind of got each other. So I definitely didn't 
ever feel alone. And so I was just um, there. And then towards after quarantine, I was just very excited mostly. That, that's great. And you said a bunch of really interesting things and it, it's, it's kind of, you know, this year is different from last year and last year was different from the year before. We're in this period of change with, with the pandemic. Um, but you mentioned a couple things that I think are still really relevant right now. And I was just wondering your thoughts on them. One of them is kind of dealing with, with the fear of COVID, which I think is still there for, for a lot of people. Um, and then dealing with the fact that we have done so much virtual or texting or messaging, and then actually then being in front of people. So I just wonder, not sure if this is a question or just throwing it out there, just hear your thoughts, but how did, would you have any advice or any stories that you could share about how to get through some of those feelings of fearing social interaction um, and what to do about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a weird time to be going to school and making friends, but I would say one of the good things that happened because of the pandemic is you really learn um, quickly who are the friends, who are your real friends and who you can trust. And I definitely learned to be very honest and vocal about my boundaries, my comfortability level. So you really get to know people very quickly that way. Um, which can sometimes seem like a blessing or a curse, but it made me so close to my friends who I obviously still am talking to. Um, and so I think that is tough. I just recommend being vocal about what you're comfortable with because you don't wanna have be passive aggressive afterwards or have resentment. You wanna be able to say like, I, if you're going to go do this, I just want to know. So then I can make, um, the choices for myself. That's definitely something I learned is you can't really control what the people around you are doing. All you can do is control what you're doing. And so just having honesty and um, just accountability in your group to like, okay, I did this and I, this happened. I saw these people and then the people in the group can kind of decide what they want to do from there. Um, so I think that definitely was a very good lesson. Um, and then it also just made me feel much more comfortable if I knew everything that was going on. Um, and so I would also say that FNM does an amazing job at um, making you feel safe. Um, they take COVID very seriously. Um, we got tested twice a week um, and just very regularly, we would be aware of the COVID numbers. They would give us all the information about the cases, the case level, the alert level, um, but FNM also made sure that we still had fun experiences. Like in my college house, we had bagel breakfast every Friday, and we had Sunday s'mores. Um, and a lot of times, our crazy Friday nights are my friends and I would start a TV series together in one of the common rooms and order takeout and watch it all together, um, which was so much fun. And I still felt like I really um, had a really fun social life. Um, and then on campus, there were movie nights, there was a carnival, um, ice cream trucks, and even alpacas came to campus. Uh, so I felt incredibly safe, but also I was having the best time. Um, and it was really important to me that I felt I wanted both in my college experience and I felt like the way FNM went about it really made it so that could happen. That's great. You were talking about um, something that's probably gonna happen again this year, which is monitoring these, these levels of COVID in our community. So I'm curious to know, like when you would get those emails that would say that we moved from a moderate level to a high level, um, and just that constant shifting back and forth, like what were your immediate reactions? And then how would you cope with that constant changing, you know, yeah. situation? My first reactions are always, oh, <laughs> no, not again. Um, I think that it was, we were always a little bit on edge because we just didn't know when um, we were, like we would make a plan and, do something. If we were in low alert, we would go to dinner, but then 
we didn't know when was like the last time we could do that. We didn't know when um, things were going to change or we find out that so-and-so was contact trace. You just are always a little bit on edge. Um, at least that was my experience last year. Obviously this year is going to be a little different because we know a lot more about the virus. Um, but last year we were all kind of, no one knew what was going on. Um, and so definitely my first reactions to those emails were fear. I was all of a sudden overthinking every single interaction I ever had. <laughs> I was like, this is it. Like we're done. Um, but then I kind of, in a way, I was thankful that they were very vocal about that and that we were, that they told us when things were getting worse. And obviously it was scary and frustrating at first, um, but it was also very kind of them to let us know. And then I could kind of adjust my behavior accordingly. I would also say that once you make friends and you have those people who agree with you, have the same philosophies COVID-wise, you just go on rants with them about it. And it is a bonding moment because we're all kind of going through the same frustration. Um, and I do think it gets you very close with people just ranting about it, being frustrated. And um, it's definitely sad and it was definitely hard sometimes, but then it made when we were in low alert, it made it all so much better because I could really enjoy it and really um, know that this might not last forever. So I really was able to, um, I don't know, really just enjoy in the moment and be in the present. Um, so I guess that was a good thing that came from it, but it can be very frustrating. <laughs> I, I really like, I, I feel like you said this a little earlier and here there's a theme of just talking to people around you or like kind of gathering people yeah. that have similar sort of feelings about things that you do. Um, something you said earlier that I really related to was it, if you tell somebody how you feel or like ask them, have you been doing this or kind of laying down your feelings and how they react is almost a little bit, it shows you like how much you can trust that person or like whether, yeah. whether that's someone that's a good match for you. And I've found that too. in in even my interactions with friends that I've been seeing more friends this summer. Um, but I haven't been comfortable like going inside or going to places where it's really packed. And when I tell people that and they are like, oh yeah, cool, we'll go do this. It just feels so nice to then have, you've kind of built up a, a relationship and a trust. And then if somebody's weird and is like, oh, like you're dumb for thinking that you're like, okay, well that gives me some more information about that person and our relationship. Yeah. And I just think that's so cool that, that you brought that up of just how going through a hard time can almost be a bonding experience with people. It definitely can because we're all going through very similar things, but everyone's definition of safe is so different. And you kind of have to confirm that with people because just saying, oh, I'm very safe about COVID. You don't know what that means. It could be very different than the way your family did it or their family did it. Um, so yeah, it'll definitely, it can cause conflict, um, but it can also, again, cause very strong bonds between people who um, agree with you. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, now that you have the advantage of looking back at last year, kind of, and looking at the resources that FNM offered you, I'm curious mm -hmm. to know which resources you felt were most helpful to you. I mean, you've mentioned a few of them already, like your bond check house family and the inter you know, the things that they offered. Um, but what other, and Hillel, you also mentioned the Hillel student group. Um, what other, were there other things that you were like, this is cool and this is really helping me? Yeah. Um, so I definitely um, loved using my counseling sessions each semester. I got very close to my therapist and um, when you're an FNM student, you get eight free counseling sessions a semester, I believe. You get a certain number of free counseling sessions. And I really loved using those. Um, and everyone in the Office of Student Wellness is so warm and welcoming. And they just really help you become the better version of yourself. Um, I also really loved going to the Office of Student Postgraduate Development, um, which we call OSFAGOD. 
um, because it's a long name. And I think at FNM, we all just tend to shorten things. <laughs> um, so at Aspagad, you can go to your advisor as many times as you want. Um, in the beginning of last year, I all of a sudden panicked because I did not have a plan for the summer. And it was October. And never mind the fact that most opportunities were not even posted yet. However, I decided that because of that, I will never get into law school because I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> in this next summer. So being able to go to them and talking to my advisors, they first of all calmed me down, gave me a reality check, but also helped me put my energy into ways where I could research different alumni who are doing things I'm interested in and make my LinkedIn as strong as it can be. So um, it was always so helpful there. Um, I also um, was really nervous about um, transitioning to college writing. So I don't think I could have gotten through this year without the Writing Center. I cannot say enough good things about it. You can go there if you just started a paper or you need help proofreading the final paper, the final copy, um, and another FNM student will help you with whatever you need. And it is completely free. You can go as many times as you want. Um, so I definitely, those services in themselves made me so much more confident and feel prepared. Um, and I also just by joining groups, um, I was able to kind of find um, my strengths and find my talents. And also I was able to gain leadership opportunities even within the first few months on campus. So I definitely recommend getting involved, going to those long Zoom meetings because um, I think I really made so many amazing friends, even on Zoom. I love that. Um, you, I feel like you did so many things that were just good in terms of like getting, putting yourself out there. And earlier um, I was talking about like looking back to my experience, I, I was very hesitant to kind of reach out for help and, and do things. And I love that, you know, you're, you only were at FNM for one year, but you already kind of got involved in so many different ways. That's super impressive for you. You know, that's just such Thank a cool you. Thing. Um, but And I know that there's probably also people who are more like me who were kind of hesitant yeah. to reach out to counseling or things like that. Um, I entered counseling as a young adult, but much later after college. So I wonder if you, how was that process of just like even getting in there? And yeah. what would you recommend to someone who was maybe a little more like me on kind of on the, I'm not shy, but like, I guess related to, to being a little more shy and not as outgoing. Yeah, um, I've always been very, um, if I want something, I do it. But I also have a lot of friends who are not that way. And a lot of times I have to talk to them, get their confidence up to be able to do things. Or I, I make um, the phone calls or I order at the restaurant table when they don't want to. Um, so I would definitely say. Um, you, you sound like a good friend to have. I just want oh. to put that <laughs> out. I, I hope that anybody that's listening, they're going to start coming to you and being like, be my friend, Rachel, order, order food at restaurants for me. <laughs> yes, I can do that if you need it. I'm always here. Um, <laughs> so I would say um, for somebody who's kind of more nervous, obviously pace yourself. There's so many resources at FNM, but if you are nervous about reaching out, maybe pick one or two that you really are interested in and um, I think the other thing to remember is when you're talking to these people who work at places that are meant to help you, they don't care if you're shy or they don't care if you don't talk as much. They don't care. They just want to help you and they will meet you at whatever level you're at to help you. Um, so like, that's why they are there. So you don't have to feel guilty for asking your counselor for help because they, that's their job. They're there for you and they want to help you. Um, so I think just reminding yourself of that, because um, I have thought sometimes like, oh, maybe I shouldn't reach out. Like, I don't want to burden them with my problems, but that's their job is to help you and help students navigate the college process. So that reminder is always good. Um, or if you want, maybe uh, if you're nervous about reaching out, making that initial first step, having a friend read over your email or having a friend read over your text. I know I do that a lot, but yeah, I would definitely 
say that you will still be able to find these opportunities also sometimes come to you. You'll get an email, you'll get your advisor meetings. They'll say, Hey, I want to meet with you at this time. And you'll say, okay, and show up. So no matter what the opportunities will come to you, even if you don't, um, instigate it. So do not worry about it. It will be fine and you will be taken care of. <laughs> and if all else fails, just find someone like Rachel who can, who can make the phone call for you. <laughs> yes. I, you can find me. I'm all over campus. You'll probably. Not you. I don't want to send everybody to you, but maybe someone. <laughs> the Rachel, the Rachel. I'll need an of, office. <laughs> the Rachel of 2025. If you're out there, Rachel of 2025, let us know. <laughs> I was curious when you call, like, so did you just call, like, for the therapy piece, too? Like, did you just call Student Wellness Center and just say, I'd like to schedule my first counseling session? Yeah, definitely. Is that how easy it was? That's what I did. I just called them, and they talked to me about, like, why I'd want to go to counseling a little bit. Obviously, you don't have to say everything, but then they just set you up with somebody um, that they think you're a good match for, and from there, you can kind of pick your schedule um, with them. And you do have to call, or I think you can also email if you're more comfortable emailing student wellness. Um, but I don't know if this year you'll be able to just walk in. I don't know how it's going to work this year. Um, but last year you either had to call or email, but it was a very easy process. Yeah. And it's, it's worth saying that it's everything at the counseling center is completely confidential. So <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. There are confidential space on campus. Um, and we'll put, the number is 717-544-9051, but we'll also put all the resources in the description. But yeah, you can call them and you can call them 24 hours a day and, and they'll connect you to resources. Um, Rachel, I think you also touched on a thing that made me think about balance um, because you were saying that you got involved with a lot of things and clearly like you know yourself pretty well like in in the, what you were able to handle and what you weren't yeah. and I think something I see a lot with first years especially is like they'll overcommit mm -hmm. um and not maybe know their limits very well right like so they'll come in and like sign up for 10 groups and get involved in every single thing and then by October or by you know um uh what is that not the mid not the finals like what's in November or Mid October midterms, thank you, midterms, they are completely swimming in stress. Yeah. And so I just, I just wanted to add like some, you know, knowing yourself is helpful, you know, and like what yeah. your limits are um, and what you can handle. Yeah. Um, it was definitely difficult at first. Again, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and since my bedroom was also my classroom and where I did all my meetings, it was kind of, it felt like harder. It felt harder to ever have a break of any kind. Um, so I definitely made sure to also prioritize um, getting together with friends um, and talking to them about it. And if you have time to see your friends, then that's very, very important. Um, and I think that you'll kind of, sometimes you might have to learn the hard way that you're doing too many things, but if you're honest with yourself um, about how much you'll you'll be able to do and honest with the people you're working with if you're like hey I thought I could do this but now I'm realizing I'm way overwhelmed people understand I think at FNM a lot of us are doing I know the average is every student is in three to five clubs and probably on their leadership board so I think we've all been there so we're very receptive to that and professors are also very receptive if you've been feeling very stressed you can just tell them and they'll sometimes help you out with an, uh, an extension or make help you specifically with whatever you need help with. So I think the culture on FNM is if you need a break, that's okay. <laughs> um, we really do prioritize mental health. Um, so I would definitely say you will get to know yourself very quickly. Um, and it could be hard at first, but I think that FNM is receptive to that and it's okay if you have to quit a few things or dial back a few things. Um, yeah, so that's what I'd say for that. Um, and the other good thing is to remember is everyone's also kind of figuring out the amount they can do. Um, 
Um, Rachel, I wanted to ask you something too that's not related to academics or you know student life, but um, mm -hmm. about your relationships with your family members and your friends um, mm -hmm. coming here to campus, like your family back home. Uh, how did those change for you? And like, how was the communication with your family back home and your friends? Yeah, so at least with my family, we went from seeing each other every single day because of quarantine and lockdown. Um, they were really kind of some of the only people I would hang out with. And then being away from them was really hard at first. Um, I was ready to gain some independence, but also I was just so used to, um, I don't know, being able to go do things with my parents or hang out with my sister. Um, so it was definitely um, an adjustment, but in a way, I think because I got, gained some independence, I became closer with my family because I, when I would reach out to them, they would really be able to help me and give me advice and it would make me miss them. So then when I came home for whatever, we would um, be a lot closer um, because we missed each other. And, um, and I definitely think that for like my friends at home, all of us were starting very different um, things in our lives. We were all at different colleges or working or doing whatever else. And um, it was always, I always really had to make an effort because sometimes I would be so involved with what was going on campus that I would forget to check in with my, um, some of my best friends from home. So I definitely think you, you should um, reach out to everybody because everybody has their own struggles, has their own um, adjustment period that's right now. So it's always nice talking to people that um, you know, love you and you know, who know you really well. Um, so I definitely would always, always recommend that. And I had to make an effort because sometimes you're so involved with what's going on right in front of you. Um, and I made sure to text them and just, hey, how is everything going? Or schedule FaceTime calls. Um, and that was always just very nice. And I was lucky enough to have some people come visit, like my family would come visit, some of my best friends would come visit, obviously depending on the safety on what was going on on campus. Um, but that was always so nice because I kind of got to share this new part of me with them. Um, so I think it definitely matured my relationship a lot with my family. And then also it made me work harder to um, maintain my friendships, which I think made them a lot stronger. Um, so, so yeah, we just have one more question for you, Rachel. Hopefully we still have some people listening and um, this was aimed at first year students. So do you have any last advice or anything you would say to students who are just starting at FNM and are um, kind of nervous for the anticipation of what's to come? Yeah. Um, so my advice to you guys would be that everyone is just as nervous and freaked out as you are. Um, I think that it's important to recognize that everyone is freaking out because it makes you feel less alone. Um, and I would recommend, um, I mean, re using all of the resources that FNM has to offer. FNM is a very supportive environment. That's one of the main reasons I chose the school. Um, so I recommend when you get, you're going to get a lot of emails. When you get those emails, read through them, see what interests you, sign up on Google Forms for things. I think um, that can really make your college experience just so much better. Um, and I would also encourage you guys to participate in your college house activities because the college house system is so much fun. Another very easy way to make friends. Um, and the college house system is very competitive. People all think their college house is the best, which is silly because Bonchek is obviously the best one. Um, and so that's definitely something I would recommend getting involved in. And it's again, a very easy way to make friends and kind of join like a cohort of people who also agree that your house is the best. Um, and overall, reach out for help if you need it. If you're struggling academically, go to office hours. Professors are so willing to help um, and they want to help you become the best student you can be. And then go to the wellness center if you're struggling emotionally. 
And um, I guess finally, you can start a beautiful friendship by simply striking up a conversation. So don't be afraid to reach out either in person, virtually. Sometimes you have to make things happen. So that's my final advice. That's such great advice. Thank you, Rachel. I mean, you mentioned the email thing. It made me think about Susan, we should do a whole episode on navigating email at FNM. I feel like it's a yeah. can of worms. <laughs> you get a lot. <laughs> do I, I still you... sound crazy? Oh no, it's, oh, yeah, good. it's yeah. better. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yes, I agree. It's overwhelming. And that seems so far, that seems to be our primary mode of communication. And we just have to accept that. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah, that's kind of fun getting a lot of email and going through them. Wow. <laughs> you can come, you can come look through my inbox, Rachel, <laughs> if it's fun for you. I wouldn't want to separate you from that amount of fun. <laughs> I mean, usually they're just to the whole student body. So I don't feel a sense of responsibility to them. So that's probably what makes it more fun. <laughs> yeah. Cause then it's just kind of like looking through a message board or something. Exactly. Yeah. When it's directed to me, not as fun. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say sometimes tucked in there are like these really, really crucial messages that students can miss. Oh, so yeah. um, we try to make the titles stand out when we really need to reach a student. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Rachel. Um, of course. It was so nice talking to you. And I guess we'll all see each other around campus this year. Thank you so much for having me guys. So that was an awesome conversation. I think that Rachel is uh, an amazing student and does a really good job of like explaining the first year experience and especially in the time of COVID, right? Like just um, the importance of taking initiative. And if you're not the kind to do that, then accepting the initiative from somebody else um, and not shying away from that. Um, the other theme I kind of took away from her talk is even though things get hard as they, they are and they will, there are skills that are being learned and there are life lessons being learned that you will take away from it. Like, I feel like she seems like more resilient um, at the end of last year, you know, and going into this year, just learning things about herself. What about you? Like, what were some of the key takeaways for you? Yeah, I, I really... I really appreciated her sharing how she got connected to counseling services. Like I was saying, it's, you know, it, it can be hard, especially there's, there can be stigma around it, or it can just feel scary to, to reach out. And it took me a while to learn that it was just, it really isn't a big deal. A lot of people are in counseling, like so many people use those services. So just, just getting involved and in, in reaching out for help doesn't have to be like this big deal. I just love the way she talked about it, that, that you can, you can access those things. Um, yeah. And I was really inspired by how she took initiative to, to reach out to new people. I, I mean, it's, it's definitely a skill to learn of how to just say like, Hey, how you doing? Do you want to like get a, get a coffee or go on a bike ride? And you, both her and you had stories of how those like small moments of being brave and reaching out can turn into lifelong friendships. And that doesn't mean they always do, because I feel like for, you know, you, you do that a lot and sometimes they don't go anywhere. But I just find that really inspiring that, that you that have that bravery of reaching out um, and that there is really so much going on on campus. It takes a little creativity to figure out what to do, what your comfort levels are. But um, I think that that the way Rachel talked about navigating being in isolation and then kind of trying to figure out how to do things that were safe and go back and forth. Um, yeah, I just thought that was also extremely um, eye-opening for me of just like how much is out there if you kind of let go of some of the expectations of, of how, how things used to be or how things could be. So those are some of my takeaways. Yeah, there's like a, definitely a challenge of needing to have routines and um, some stability and knowing what to expect and controlling things as much as you can. But then also this 
need to be flexible and to let go of things if you need to. Um, that's a skill I definitely learned this past year that I wasn't good at before. And I think, I think she touched upon three things that are going to be kind of crucial for everybody, including staff and faculty this year, which is connection, like connecting to others after we've been so isolated, um, feeling a sense of control as much as we can, um, but also letting go of some control. And then, you know, empowering yourself, right, to take control and to, you know, um, develop routines and habits that will make you feel empowered. So, yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, that's spot on. And the only thing that I would add is being able to say what your comfort level is and how, how you feel safe. That's something that I've really, been oh, yeah, the safety learning piece this is year. Big. You know, yeah. I, I'm very go with the flow and I'm usually like the kind of person that's just like, oh, that's fine by me. So I've really had to get better at being like, that's not fine by me. Yeah. Um, that is, that's not, you know, and just saying it and feeling okay with saying it. Um, yeah. That One more thing I wanted to talk about with first years is this idea that there are like things that are very normal, like even before COVID, you know, feeling anxious and feeling stress and feeling lonely is normal. Um, but the key is that it should go away. You know, it should go away within a reasonable amount of time. Those feelings should transition to something else that doesn't feel as scary. And yes. so just saying to students, if you are still, if you're really struggling, you know, and you're noticing atypical behaviors for yourself after a few weeks, just reach out, you know, for your, to your house dean or to your HA or to student wellness or to Dip Cares, right? Which is, um, we have a Dip Cares webpage where you can refer yourself and um, either I'll reach out or our house team will reach out um, and just say, what's going on? What do you need? You know, so just knowing that point for you when it's like, this is something else is important. Yeah, and that, that would be a good time to reach out to counseling services as well, either as a first step or to get involved with the counselor. Um, and that information will be, should be in the description of the, the podcast. And, and if you're like, I don't know who to reach out to, even with all this information, talking to anybody, like a, someone, your HA or your house dean, or if you can reach out to me or Susan to just say, like, I'm not really sure who to reach out to. That's, that's okay too. If you're kind of not sure where the best resource is. So yeah, I think that's a really great point of if it's becoming too much. Um, yeah. And, and, and that it's a mixed, it's a mixed bag. You're going to be experiencing joy and sadness and all of, all of those feelings at the same time. So it's kind of how it goes. That's right. So All we're right. going to include a list of the resources that um, Rachel mentioned and that we talked about here. And while we kind of cook up the next episode topic. Oh, and that was the other thing I wanted to say is that if anybody who's listening has ideas of things that are related to health and wellness from different perspectives, um, please let us know. We'll line up somebody to talk about it. We'd love to hear from students about what they need. Yeah, thanks, Susan. We we did it. We did our first episode. Yay. <laughs> awesome. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>